Welcome to our podcast. Here you'll find the latest ministry from our church. We hope it blesses you and gives you a fresh perspective. Matthew chapter 6. Starting to read at verse 5. Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the streets. And on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If I could, and and, and I would have continued the Lord's Prayer when I was ministering the other week, because although theologians cut it up and divide it up, it was a prayer all in one. It was inclusive, there wasn't anything that says, well, that's for that person and that's for that person. It was all in one. And I left the last time with the words, thy will be done. Because although the prayer, and we've got it in the King James Version up there, you will see it does section off from thy and yours to us. It is one prayer and it's joined together. I don't know whether you've got a, a grandchild or a little one or you've, you've a cousin or you, you've taken a little one to a fast food restaurant. And uh, it's a lovely story, but I'm sure you've been here and, and, and the little, you've had your, your burger and your chips and there's a little packet of chips and, they, and, and there's a little toddler there. And they put the sauce on top of the chips and you're eating yours and come on men, you know, you can eat a packet of chips and you probably could eat another three after that, can't you, you know? And, and you're eating your Mackies and, and you're having all your Kentucky and the little one, he's sitting there with his one chip. His other chips have got his sauce on and he's got his one chip. And you're a dad or you are, I've seen this happen, so I know it, it, it does. And uh, you're getting a bit frustrated because you've eaten all yours. And your little one, you've paid for his chips, and they're going cold. But he's sitting there with his chip. So you do something naughty. Put your hand over and you pinch one. Yeah. Because you've eaten yours and you're... 
And then the little one says, Hey, Dad, that's not fair. That was mine. And what's more, you've taken me trumpet. Because he's conducting a band. And his little packet of chips are his band. If you've never had a toddler and you've never seen what goes through their mind, and their little world's taken over, because you've taken one of the chips. Some people think God is like that, that when you become a Christian and he gives you a new life, that at any time he'll take that from you and he'll take that from you and he'll take that from you. God is a God of love. And he has given you a will. And he doesn't take that away when you become a Christian. He doesn't stand over you and make you, you will read the Bible. Mm-mm. He gives you a desire. But it is up to you whether you open it. You could choose not to come to church this morning. He gives the desire, but he doesn't take your will away. You could be sitting in here this morning, but your mind is elsewhere. And your will has bought you, but your attitude is wrong. And so when I come to this Lord's Prayer now, when we come, we see this middle prayer is life-transforming. Because we're coming to one and we've come into his courts. And remember, we're coming to one that is greater and higher than us. And we say, thy will be done. And I'm going to suggest to you this morning that to do the will of God is not easy. And you need his help. Because right now you might be rebelling against what God wants you to do. You see, some people, they just have never asked, well, what do you want of me, Lord? And they've gone through their Christian life, and the Bible says you are unwise and foolish. Ephesians 5.17 says, understand what the will of the Lord is. Find it out. And you find it out in prayer. You find it out because when you're in prayer, you say, Lord, show me. You open your heart up and he will speak to you in oh so many ways through the word, through the prophetic word, through a word of knowledge, through your mind, through circumstances. God will direct you phenomenally. Some people say, oh, what will be, will be. Hang on, that's not what's in the word. The word of God is clear. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. It doesn't happen by chance. To do the will of God, you're saying, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I want you to help me this day. I want you to help me do your will. And so right then, we come from this incredible will of God. God has got a plan for your life. And don't dare think that you know better. Because if you do, friends, and you fall off, I tell you, you will be in big, big trouble. Because you will find things will go pear-shaped. Eventually. Not at first. Because the enemy slides you off like a snake. 
doesn't matter. And then he dumps you. So we come on to this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. I know in the video it was funny. He said, you've had too much bread. And, and it's not just about food. The word bread there in the Greek is, is not just about food. It is about something absolutely essential. Just as we need food. Without food, we do not have energy. Without energy, we cannot live. We need something greater. God did not make and create a self-sufficient people. He created people that will need air, food, shelter, warmth, light, health, carry on, social interaction. Why? Why did God make us people that need things? Not because he's an egocentric God that likes all the glory. As one teacher once said to me, I said no. There was no glory in the cross. It is because he is a God of love. Because God loves you and me. He loves to give. He loves to give. He is a father. He loves to give. And he loves you to come to him. Wow. He loves you to call to him as children. We grow up, but in God's eyes, we will always be his child. We will always be his child. You know, when our brother Ken Chang rang me a few weeks ago, and he said, I was in prayer this morning, and God gave me a word for you, and you are to call God, now use this, refer to God, Lam, this morning when you pray as dad. And ask him for whatever you need. What Ken didn't know was that he didn't know my dad. My dad's in glory now, but dad will... I don't think there was any occasion in my life when I would go for dad, to dad for help. Did he not be there? And when I asked him to make something, did he ever say, don't think I can do that? Even when I asked him... To, uh, money was tight, I was a student, and I'd just got a first 12-string Hofner guitar, second hand for a friend, I really loved it, someone from Marsh Lane actually, and I bought it off him, and I needed a guitar case to take it to school. Dad, could you, can you make me a guitar case? And soak in the wood, in the bath, my mother loved him, she, he made this guitar case for me. At four, when I was 14, I came out of hospital and he was so concerned that I didn't lift garden bags of rubbish. This man built me my first garden trolley. And I tell you, it was circular and he had nails around his board to do it because he was almost blind. So when Ken said, call to God as dad... That's what God wants you to do. And in his kindness, in Ephesians 2, 6-7, God expressed his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So what does this prayer mean? For us to say, Lord, your will be done. God says now, 
Everything there in that verse in Ephesians 2, 6-7, everything of Christ is at our disposal. Not a very good word. All the resources of Christ are there for your daily need. So in John 6.35, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, here you've got God the Son and the Holy Spirit saying, when you pray, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, whatever I need this day to do your will, I, you have the resource in me, says Jesus, and it will be made active by my Holy Spirit. You see, at two o'clock this afternoon, at six o'clock tonight, you do not know what you need. You may need patience. Your wife may be driving you nuts, and you need patience. The kids might be driving you balmy. You might be in a situation with a neighbour and you need wisdom. You might be exhausted and you need strength. There may be times in that day when you do not know what you're going to need. And so here, call on him. So when you say, give us this day, give me, Lord, everything I stand in the need of. Why? To do your will, Lord. To do your will. That your kingdom will come around where I am. Can you see how this prayer is connected? To do the will of God, we need the resources of the bread of life. But it will bring forth a change in your life. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Right at the beginning of, of the series, I said that the word there in, in, for sins is not the same as the word used in Romans 3.23 when it talks about asking God to forgive us our sins upon the cross and asking for forgiveness. Here, in this verse, it's referring to debts and trespasses as we have forgiven our debtors. I want to just pause for a moment here. Because this prayer is given to disciples. Yet, because it's the word of God and it's alive, the Logos, it is not a book, it is a library. And when you open this, even though you may not understand it, it will wash you. Did you know that? When you read this, there is a cleansing effect because it's Jesus. He is the word. So as you read it, there is a washing process going on. And then when you read some of the words, God the Holy Spirit will just bring it out and draw it out. Shared with Kath this morning how I asked for confirmation on something concerning worship. And I hadn't got it in writing. God had put it in my spirit, but I said, Lord, I want you to confirm it in the word. And out of the blue, God said, I want you to read such and such this morning. And there it was in print. Bless you, now I can stand on that word. I hold to it. Because it's living, why I'm saying that is that an unsaved person can open this and look at that prayer and come to know Christ through it. 
Because right in the very first line, God will convict our Father. You cannot call God Father unless you've been born of the Spirit of God. And some of the young folk on the, the night of prayer up, they're going to come back, are going to go hear a tremendous testimony by Andrew McCormack, who died. And God did an incredible work in this man's life and raised him from the dead. He came to know Christ by the working of the, of the Lord's Prayer. But here this morning, I want to say, we are, if you are a believer, what, what does it mean? Forgive us our trespasses. See, when you became a Christian, Jesus took all of your sin. And Isaiah says this, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions. There in Isaiah 44, 23. I've swept away your offences like a cloud, your sins like a morning mist. This is, it's life-changing when you come to know Christ because he takes your life and mine and all our guilt and he cleanses it and it's just as if I never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. And that's your theological term in broken up justification. Just as if I'd never sinned. But you know, we do still trespass. We still go back over the line. We still do things, even though we're a Christian. So what does it mean? Well, this word here, debts, this word here, it means now that when you become a Christian, I am not going to God as a judge, but I'm coming to God as my father. And I am indebted to my father for what he has done for me. And so when I come to God, and I have messed up and I say, Lord, forgive my trespasses or my sins. And I, what I am doing is an absolutely life-changing process. I'm saying, Father, everything about yesterday, is it a daily prayer that was not according to your will, Lord? Will you forgive me? And what God the Holy Spirit does, sometimes he brings things to your mind. You might suddenly say, you were sharp with that person over there. You know, you, you were a bit mean. You didn't make a cup of coffee, and I put it in your heart to go and make a cup of coffee for that person. And when you pray this prayer, what you do, you open your heart and your spirit up to God, and you let him change you. Go back to the will. See, some of you are struggling with habits and you've never allowed God to come in. Some of you struggle with stuff. There's people maybe you've not spoken to. And God says, unless you give me permission, I can't heal that. And you see, what happens is, as you start to pray this prayer, See, sometimes we, we, we do things as Christians. We don't even know they're sin. So if you do things in your own strength without faith, that's it. So you just say, Lord, wash me clean. And it's a process 
not of salvation, but of sanctification. We're making holy. And it's a beautiful prayer because God is making us more like him, like Jesus. Wow. He is making everything more like Jesus. And when you do that, I tell you, then you'll be able to move on. Because sometimes you, you make a mistake as a Christian. Maybe you're sharp with somebody and you can't forgive yourself. So you allow God, Lord, I shouldn't have spoken to so-and-so the way I did. Please forgive me for doing that. Because as a, as a Christian, some things it, it don't come to mind, but some things the Holy Spirit will. Because day by day, he's changing you. Day by day. You may pray this prayer and the Holy Spirit doesn't bring anything to mind. Sometimes it will. And it's a process of change and sanctification because you're becoming more like him. And you see it goes on as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. You see, as you grow as a Christian and you become more like him, the heart of God is the heart of forgiveness. And what the enemy does, he puts in guilt. So if you allow God to heal, now we come on to it's not just about you, it's about other people. And Jesus has some very strong words to, to, to say about this. After the Lord's Prayer, we read it. It says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, verse 15, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now here he is talking to Christians and believers, and the word sins is a different word again, paratoma. And this word means faults. And if it's a Christian brother, a fall in the faith. What God's saying here now, come on, you're my disciples. I expect you now, as I've forgiven you, you have my love within you to forgive others. Even though they may have hurt you and hurt you, I will give my love to help you. Because it's a fault. It's their mistake. Maybe you're involved as well. But you must forgive so I can forgive your part in it too. Wow. It may be just a fall in the face if it's a Christian brother or sister. See, there's many in, the, in church today, and you know, someone speak to somebody else. God forbid that'll happen to new life. Because if any of the team found out, I'm sure we would move in. Well, I know we would. Some can move churches because of an unforgiveness spirit. You can move to the next part of the world if you've got an unforgiven spirit. You've got to get it right. And when you start to pray this prayer, God does a work of forgiveness within. 
See, what happens is that if you stay in that condition, you're out of alignment with God. You're out of alignment. And thy will be done. You can't do God's will if you're out of alignment. And what you do, that unforgiving spirit can just build up a wall and it gets bigger and bigger. And when you pray this prayer, you're asking God, give me all that I need, my daily bread to do, to be more like you. Because come on, right on at the cross, what were Jesus' last words? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The mob knew what they were doing. Pilate knew what he was doing when he washed his hands. Jesus, what do you mean? They know not what they do. Peter knew what he was doing when he denied you. Why did Jesus say they know not what they do? Because Jesus can see something that we can't see here. He sees the work of the deceiver. Which brings us to the next part of the prayer. You see, when people say harsh things and do things, for a moment they've fallen and they've listened to the words of the deceiver. Even Peter did it. The disciple did it. One minute he's so close to God, then the next minute... Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. When, even in a, in a church, when someone says something, for a moment, deception has come in. And, it, and it's bored, hurts. Because only what comes from God is good. And so we come on to the next part of this prayer lead us not into temptation lead us not into temptation what we are saying here is God guide me now along that moral pathway that you walk along guide me Lord someone said that opportunity knocks once at a door but temptation knocks the door down you see temptation can be strong Temptation, because it comes wrapped up in a big parcel. It's a lovely sunny Sunday morning. Come on, let's go out for the day. We don't need to go to church. Let's just go out. We don't need to break bread. We don't need to remember Jesus. We remembered him last week. Come on, let's go. And sorry if I'm seeing flippant, but you know, who are you listening to? Because the deceiver uses self. You don't need to read your Bible. Why should you be tired tonight? I don't understand it anyhow. Don't bother with it. You know, why should you help your neighbour? They haven't helped you. And the deceiver comes in and he makes things legitimate. He makes things legitimate. And, you know, he tries to make things legitimate, but here we say, Lord, lead me now. Lead me, God. Now, let me just say this. God, James 1.13, does, cannot be tempted with evil. Neither does he tempt any man. So don't be deceived and thinking, oh, we're going through it here. Now let me just explain this. He does test our faith. And because he's God, 
there are certain temptations that God will allow to test your faith. Here's an example. Maybe you're having a real tough time for, for one reason or another, and it's just come upon you. Oh, dear me. And you could be tempted to say, oh, where's God in this? And you could be tempted to lose heart. A phrase Paul uses a lot, to lose heart. And God allows it to test you, well, how much are you going to trust me or that little voice inside that's being hemmed in by the enemy? How much are you going to trust me now? Come on, how much are you going to trust me? And God will test the strength of your faith. That is different to when you purposely go off the moral road and listen to that voice of temptation. Let me just give you an example here. If you go off, if perhaps, and I'm going to use a marriage, if in your marriage you're neglecting it and you don't speak to your husband and your wife doesn't, you don't speak much. So you don't go out and you, and you neglect one another. And then you start to feel a little bit frustrated with yourself. And you start watching things that really the Holy Spirit inside doesn't really want you to watch. Because it's demeaning to the person that is actually on the screen. And God values people. And you've gone off the path. Now that is different temptation. And that temptation, God sees. And because God is a God of love, he will convict. But he won't convict with a hammer over your head. He will convict with righteousness. He'll say, come on. I don't want you to do that. And you will feel really uncomfortable inside. Let me give you an example here of a real life story. And... He was actually a man on a ministry team who worked away from home quite a lot. And marriage wasn't all going all together well, as sometimes it doesn't. But God cares and God loves. And he found himself in a hotel one day, and it's the same hotel he frequented quite often. But his workmate... <coughs> wasn't a Christian. So he didn't have a moral path of a Christian. He just had a moral path in his own thinking. And that's broad. Anything goes, really, if the mood takes it. And so he said, why don't you meet, come out with me to this club? And so he did. And he met someone, just a call girl. I'm sorry if this is Sunday morning, you wonder why I'm saying it, because God's word's real. And he invited her up to her, his room. And this is the love of God. This is why I believe in prayer of intercession. This is why it is good to be in the house of God where you have people praying for you. And the pastor of the church... As God does, 
put this man on his heart to such an extent that that day he was praying for this man and he didn't know the extent of the, of the marriage rift. He didn't realise that. But he had this man on his heart. He came out of a meeting and he prayed and he prayed for this man. Didn't have any contact with him. He was leading the meeting of that night, a Bible study. He was leading the meeting. And this businessman walked straight through the door, dishevelled, sat in the meeting, and then afterwards just broke his heart with the pastor. And he just said this. He explained his situation and how the girl had come to his door. But the power of prayer, he said, when I opened the door, something inside was rising up saying, this is wrong, this is wrong. You have a lovely wife at home. He says, I grabbed my coat and jacket. I said to the girl, I've got to go. This is wrong. I've gone in the car and I've passed her, will you pray with me? And I want to say, when you start to pray this prayer, and you say, Lord, lead us not into the road of temptation. I tell you, it can happen to anyone. So keep close to when you pray this. God the Father will guide you. God the Father will keep you. Deliver us, Lord. Jesus gave this word to his disciples. Watch, pray, so you don't enter temptation. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Even the great apostle Paul, that's Matthew 26, 41. Even the great apostle Paul said, what I don't want to do, that's what I do. So friends, we need the power of God within us. And we need to realize this prayer was for us, friends. Because he says then, deliver us from evil. Here we can see in some in the King James versions, it says the from evil. But in all the versions that followed from the manuscripts, it says, deliver us from the evil one. You see, people love to take the D out of devil. They believe there's a God, but to think there's a devil is a joke. You know, when you see on Halloween and when you see on the television and, and, and it's all one big joke, it's not, friends. I tell you, when you see minds and people who have been involved in devil and demonic stuff, friends, you do not go near. Deliver us from the evil one. It is the evil one that tried to stop Christ from going to the cross, not realising what the cross was going to do. But he couldn't push Jesus over the cliff. He couldn't. He, Jesus just walked through the crowd. I tell you, although he fights against us, I thank God for one who fights for us. I thank God for one who leads us. One man said in church one day, he kept on going up, and he he said he kept, he was really down and, and he got the you know well, the enemy's doing this and he kept on saying oh Lord clean all the cobwebs and his friend burst out and I said Lord will you just clean kill the spider I love that you know God has won he has won the victory and we've got to realise this this is what Jesus did for us 
He cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us. Colossians 2.14 They condemned us. Jesus took it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Why can Jesus raise people from the dead today? Because he is life, the resurrection and the life. He has conquered death. Physical death is just decay. But we have eternal life. We can go right into the presence of God today because of Jesus. We can go right through the kingdom of darkness, right into the throne of God because of Jesus. He is a defeated foe for the Father here again, Colossians 1.13, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son, in whom we have redemption of sins. Wow. What a prayer. Who can deliver us from the evil one? Why can Jesus deliver us from the evil one? Because he already has. That's why when a temptation comes, I know one who is greater. We come right to the very last part, which is not in, it's only in the New King James, it's not in later manuscripts, but it was ad added as a, a tremendous benediction. And it's been kept in as a benediction to this phenomenal prayer. We start up here, we end up here. Give us what we need. Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Lord, let your kingdom come in my life today. Lord, let your will be done this day on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, will you give me everything I need? My daily bread. Everything I need for today. And forgive me, Lord, for anything I might have done that has offended you. Help me to forgive those, Lord, who are going to hurt me, even this day. Give me a heart like yours. And Lord, lead me not into temptation. God, lead me in paths of righteousness. Go ahead of me, God. And deliver me from anything the evil one might say to me this day. For yours is the kingdom. For yours is the power. For yours is the glory forever and ever. And my confidence, God, is in you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website, www dot newlifepentecostal dot church. We do hope you'll listen again.